This is Legacy Battle. Make sure you hit like and subscribe on whatever you're listening on. I'm Michael Adams, creator of Legacy Battle. My panelists tonight from the Gridiron Battle Zone, Brian King from Steelers Nation South, Rollo Cawthon, uh, Ball State athlete Paul Havocott. Our special guest tonight, we're joined by uh, a linebacker out of Fresno State, played with the Cleveland Browns and the San Diego Chargers. He's got a couple defensive touchdowns in his time, uh, one on a fumble return, interception return. Of course, he's got sacks. He's got picks. He's got everything you could think of. He's a former Cleveland Brownie. You can see the picture in my background here. So we're joined by David Grayson tonight. David, thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Happy to have you here. Tonight's topic is going to be the greatest AFL defensive back. So we are going back a long, long time for this one. And yeah. uh, <laughs> of course, it was yeah. different then, too, because, oh, you know, when they played man on man, they played man on man. <laughs> you know, it, it was a fight. Um, you know, so it was a whole different thing. Head slapping, <laughs> all different type of stuff. Um, there would be a lot more, then it would probably be a lot more personal foul, you know, uh, pass interference, holding. Um, it would have been a nightmare, <laughs> but, you know, you know, I probably would have got kicked out of the league if I played now. You know the way I played, so you know. Def definitely a different game then. And uh, yeah, I, yeah. Definitely. As as always, we're gonna have a Q and A for for David about his career after our debate here. But we're gonna start out with Rollo tonight. Go ahead, Rollo. I have Willie Brown. He was originally undrafted out of Grambling State University. Replay tight end, linebacker, and defensive back, defensive end, which is important. Which is Part of the reason why he'll be mentioned among the greatest. Um, he initially got a tryout from the Houston Oilers after being undrafted after legendary coach Eddie Robinson convinced the Houston Oilers to give him a tryout. He wound up getting cut during training camp, but the Broncos wound up picking him up um, that season in 1963. Um, he wound up becoming a starter midseason. Um, his, his rookie year, and then the next year is where he really took off. Um, he's widely credited, widely credited as being the, one of the first players to play bump and run coverage, and it was mm. because he was transformed from the linebacker, uh, defensive end to quarterback. But he didn't have the feet. <clears throat> he didn't have the feet. So he's his his words because I didn't have the best technique. And after after playing not playing cornerback all my all my career in college and high school, <clears throat> I knew that if you beat the hell out of receivers coming off the line of scrimmage, that's going to be tough for them to catch the ball. So he just yeah. got up in your face and basically beat them up at the line of scrimmage. Um, after mastering that technique, he had nine interceptions in his first season as start as his full first full starter, and he picked up his first of three uh, first team all AFL uh, votes. He would go on to be first team or second team all AFL six times. Um, he also um, is one of nine players, or four players, I'm sorry, four players in AFL history to have four interceptions in one game. Um, and that was against the New York Jets. He's ranked number 98 on USA Today's top 100 players of all time. He's ranked number 66 on NFL Network's top 100 players of all time in 2010. 
He's also ranked on the Athletics Top 100 team in 2021. He's number 98. Um, and he's also a 1984 Pro Football Hall of Fame. He was also an NFL champion in 1967. And he was also first team all AFL when the vote was, was, was picked up by the AFL uh, coaches and general managers. So Willie Brown, legendary. And his presence today is still played Technique is still played in the NFL. Yeah, David. yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, you know, because you know, bump and run is an excellent technique, and that's why things are games are so high scoring because you can't really touch a wide receiver coming off the line. They're going to call a penalty. Um, when I played, I put they usually put me over the tight end because I had good feet and I would have got called for holding just about every play. But um, going back to uh, we're talking about uh, the past um, and the way the game was played, you know, they, they played hard, Um, you know, bump and run was bump and run all the way down the field, (laughs) you know, and, um, you know, the head slap they used to have, you know, um, my dad was really good friends with Fred Belendikoff and, you know, Fred used to have all that stick (laughs) them even before Lester Hayes, he used to have that stick them, you know, and, um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, and then the, the the sad part is, um, you know, guys like um, the gentleman you were talking about, my father, don't get the publicity, you know, that guys get now that come out of the league for a couple of years. They go on TV. They go on the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, my dad's kind of forgotten. I'm going to have to you know, make that drive to get him in the Hall of Fame. You know, nobody else is going to do it for me. Um, and he should be in there. You know, he still has records, um, you know, that haven't been broken. Uh, but, you know, he's not on anybody's mind. I think the last article that I read about him being in the Hall of Fame was 2020. Um you know, and then each year that goes past, you know, people forget. Um, so, you know, it's one of the things I have on my bucket list is to get my father in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be there. Well, let's go Johnny Robinson. Yeah, I went Johnny Robinson. Robinson was selected by the Dallas Texans in the first round of the 60 <laughs> AFL draft. He played all 12 years for the Texans, but um, – of a rare player that played for one team, but two names because the Texans became the Chiefs in 63. So oh, his, yeah. uh, his first two years in the AFL, he played flanker on offense and rushed uh, at 658 yards on 150 carries and 1,228 receiving yards on 77 receptions. So he ended up making the move to safety later on in his playing career. Um, did uh, I think the last game he played was Christmas Day of 71. So this is uh, some of his accomplishments here. 
Super Bowl four champ, Pro Bowl 70, first team All-Pro 70. He's the NFL interception leader in 1970, three-time AFL championship uh, champion, uh, six-time AFL All-Star, um, AFL interceptions leader in 66, AFL all-time team, uh, Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame. Uh, he ended up finishing out his career with 57 interceptions, 741 interception yards, two defensive touchdowns, and in that little time with the offense, he did 15 touchdowns. Johnny was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in February of 2019, and so this kind of goes into where, why he's unique. He ran out of eligibility and was selected to the Hall of Fame as a senior candidate, which requires 80% of the vote to get in. Robinson mm-hmm. is finally getting the deserved recognition for his great play, and this is kind of what I think David's getting at here, almost 60 years after he played his uh, first down of professional football. So that's Johnny Robinson. Mm-hmm. And those are some serious stats. Um you know, when the game was a lot harder to play, <laughs> I mean, the rules were, well, there weren't any rules. <laughs> um, you know, I remember um, my dad telling me, you know, at halftime, um, you know, they would drink beer and smoke cigarettes. <laughs> I'm like, no way. And he's like, no, seriously. And it was hilarious. Um, but it was just a different time on uh, a different era. And even when I played, you know, it was just a different time. Um, uh, and, and these guys got it. They got it made now. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, Can you- but there's still... You know, still a lot of guys being paid a ton of money and a lot of guys that are just scraping by. And, and I mean, scraping by at NFL level, not not general public. I'm not going to make that comparison. That's not fair. Um, right. well, some of our guys tonight are safeties and some of them are, are corners. Can you like give uh, you know maybe some of our listeners here like the, the difference in coverages for a safety and a corner? Oh, let's see. A corner, the ideal corner is, um, you know, for example, in Cleveland we had Hanford Dixon and Frank Menafield, and we could game plan with those guys without them. So it's like, okay, you guys are taking the two wide receivers and now we're going to game plan because we have an extra person now. And it gave us a tremendous advantage. So, you know, when you have really good safeties and really good corners, it gives your defense just a tremendous advantage of the things you do. Um, You know, if you have safeties, you know, that can walk up and take a running back man on man um and then blitz a linebacker you know it just you know it's just like an offense keeping you know a defense on you know off balance um by having a balanced offense um you know the the more things you can do um it keeps the other team you know at bay and and having those type of safeties and corners i mean it's a tremendous advantage Right. 
So we got two more to go tonight. Let's go George Sainz. And uh, so with George, you know, he's five foot 11 and he was a safety, of course, um, out of Michigan State. He was drafted by the NFL and the AFL in the sixth round, which, uh, you know, that is, that's a pretty late round, especially back in those days. I know that. Uh, what was it, Paul 12 rounds in? 12 or 18, something like that. Somewhere in that. And there were a lot less teams, too. So, and uh, that's true. I know Paul, Paul's player was drafted in the first round by uh, both leagues. But, uh, anyways, so George went on. He played for the Buffalo Bills from 63 to 69 and then on to the Broncos from 70 to 72. Uh, he is, uh, he was a great player in the AFL. He's got two AFL championships under his belt. He's a three first team all AFL, two time second team all AFL, and a five time all star overall in the AFL. He is a member of the AFL all time team as well, um, which is just, you know, it's a fantastic accolade. It, it shows what he meant to that league uh, at that time period, of course. Um, he's on the Buffalo Bills uh, Wall of Fame. He's also a member of the what was it? The Greater Buffalo Hall of Fame. So not just the Bills. Buffalo okay. General love this guy. He's got 22 career picks, four fumble returns, and a touchdown. Um, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot you can say about all these players tonight. I, it's you know you're kind of like just picking the difference here between apples and oranges, of course. Um, but you know, I think five times being honored is is pretty solid. I think he has a, a good argument to, to be at the top of this list tonight, but we'll, we'll see how it goes later on. Um, so your, your thoughts on, on George and, and uh, his stats there? Uh, George, um, serious stats. Um, you know, and that shows a lot of consistency, you know, over the years, but, um, you know, I, I just can't imagine why not, especially in the era that you played, you know, they weren't throwing the ball 50 times a game, um, you know, and that's a big difference, you know. Um, a lot of people don't realize, you know, the game has changed a lot. This is an offensive-oriented game um, completely. Uh, you know, it's, you know, if you – blow on Tom Brady, you'll get, you know, a 15-yard penalty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's but, the truth. Um, yeah. You know, for defensive guys, you know, we had to work, you know, for our money. Um and to have that many interceptions, you know, that, that's a lot of interceptions. Um, uh, God, I had two in one game, and I thought I was – bad stuff but <laughs> you know that's that's serious um and he should be in the hall of fame and, and i just think there should be a committee to recognize players that have played in the past because there's a definite you know if you're not on tv if you're not doing a tv show you're forgotten um and there are a lot Tons of really, really great football players that aren't popular, you know, that played offensive line, you know, tight ends, you know. Um, you know, it's just, 
know, and you have sport riders. Sport riders, I think, are still contributing to um, the voting process also. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't understand it. Um, and, you know, I'm going to try to do what I can do for my dad. Um, since he passed away in 2017, unfortunately, but, um, you know, he definitely deserves to be in there. He's, he, he, he I mean, he was 5'10", you know, 185 pounds, you know, and, uh, um, you know, he could do it all. Um, and, uh, he did it for a lot of years too. So, um, yeah. so yeah, he definitely deserves to be, and, and there's just so many other players, you know, that we spoke about tonight, um, that, you know, just because they don't get the social awareness, you know, they're not going to get in, you know, you basically have to hire a social, a social, uh, media campaign uh, you know to push somebody forward so let's move on to our final player tonight good brian all right so i'm going to represent david grayson senior uh <laughs> quarterback free safety out of oregon uh like, like you just mentioned five foot ten 185 pounds um 1961 and 62 with the dallas texans uh, with the KC Chiefs in 63-64 and the Oakland Raiders 65-70. to uh, Grayson went undrafted but eventually uh, signed by the Dallas Texans in 1961. In his rookie year, he took an interception 99 yards to the house. Uh, the next season, he helped the Texans win an AFL championship. Uh, and he also made his first AFL All-Star game. In uh, 1963-64, he was a chief. Um, that was when the Texans relocated to KC and changed their nickname. Uh, he continued to assert himself as the best cornerback in the AFL. He made the AFL All-Star Game after both seasons, was named All-AFL in 1964, and led the league in interception yardage with 187 yards. In 1965, for some inexplicable reason, he was dealt to the Oakland Raiders in one of the most lopsided trades ever. Uh, he ended up rewarding the Raiders' trust in him by delivering his best season. Uh, pro, uh, pro Football Reference has a stat called approximate value, and Grayson's figure was the highest in the league for that season. Um, he also took two interceptions back for touchdowns, including a 79-yarder. In 1967, he switched to free safety, but still performed at a high level. He is the only player we're talking about tonight who was named All-AFL at both cornerback and safety. In 1968, he led the AFL with 10 interceptions. Uh, he ended up with 48, which is more career interceptions for the AFL than anyone else in that history of that league, that 10-year history. He had the most. Uh, in all, he was a six-time AFL All-Star, four-time AFL All-Team selection. Uh, three times he had the longest interception return of the season. And, yeah. and let's not forget, he came up uh, big in some big games as well. He picked off George Blanda in the 1962 AFL championship game. 
and he scored a touchdown against the Oilers in the 1967 AFL championship game, uh, helping to send the Raiders to Super Bowl II. Uh, so perhaps the greatest defensive back in AFL history, David Grayson Sr. Thank you. That is awesome. You, you schooled me on a couple of things I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he was um, a hell of a football player, very well respected around the league. Um, you know, I was a little kid. You know, I didn't know much, but you know, I was in the locker room at, I think, four years old. You know, I'd be in training camp. Um, and it was awesome being in the Raiders organization because they really had a family, um, family, real family style atmosphere. Um, and that's why that team and John Madden were able to get these guys to produce and play as hard as they did is because they were treated very well. Um, and, um, you know, my dad was, you know, a tough Henri. <laughs> you know, you know, he had the short man's complex, you know, and he wasn't going to be beat. You know, he was just one of those guys. So, um, you know, I got the opportunity to learn a lot from him, you know, just growing up. Um, we used to play football. I mean, we used to play chess. You know, he schooled me on a lot of things. Um, so um, he definitely, you know, deserves to be in there. And, you know, after hearing what you just said, it even it kind of mind boggles me that he's not. Um, you know, it's got to be politics. Um, you know, because those are some pretty serious stats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, let's move into our vote tonight. And uh, can't vote for your own guys. Paul, who are you voting for? I'm going to get uh, David Sr. out of the way. Okay. Rollo, who's the best? <laughs> the man's got 47 career interceptions. We would place him in the top, tied for top 47th place all time with interceptions. He had 908 return yards. Put that man in. Get more interceptions than Mike Haynes. Put him in. <laughs> Brian? Well, I mean, I, I would I would vote for senior, but you said I can't vote for my own, so I guess I, I got to go with that old man Willie Brown. He was, uh, he was a hell of a player. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I like the guys that had the flexibility to play corner and safety. I, I think that's, that's very impressive, and uh, – you know, usually it doesn't happen in the prime of your career. It happens later towards the end. We saw that with, like, Rod Woodson, Charles Woodson, guys like that. Um, but, you know, I, I think David Grayson Sr., he he played both at a high level, you know, uh, during the peak of his career. So he's getting my vote too. David? Um, since I can't vote for my dad. <laughs> you, you can. No, you can vote for him. Uh, I'm voting for my dad. <laughs> All right. So that's a that's a win for David Grayson Senior tonight as the the greatest AFL defensive back of all time. We're gonna move into our Q and A. Brian, you got the win. You'll be first, and then we'll go Rollo, Paul, me. Okay, David. So 
September 10th, 1989, at Three Rivers Stadium, <laughs> a, mur a murder was committed. Cleveland Browns 51, Pittsburgh Steelers 0, David Grayson Sr. with a pick six, a scoop and score. Uh, what was that game like for you and, and, and for your teammates that day? Uh, well, you know, going into Pittsburgh, you always expect a tough, you know, grind, you know, six yards in a cloud of dust game, you know. Um, and, you know, when I got like the first, uh, when I got the ball from Rod Woodson and ran in, I thought they were going to call it dead and they, they let, you know, let it go. You know, I scored that touchdown, then I scored another, and I was going, okay, they're going to come back eventually. I know it, you know, it's the Steelers. And then I had another fumble recovery, and I was like, you know, I think we got this one because our <laughs> offense was playing well. So we weren't on the field that much. Um, and then the really cool thing is my dad was uh, actually at that game in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's cool. Um, nice. So, you know, that was really nice to, um, you know, play that way in front of him. Uh, but, yeah, that was that was a ball. And, you know, I really don't get too, you know, too hyped up about that stuff because I knew next week was coming up. But, um, no, nah, that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool day. It was good enough for AFC Defensive Player of the Week, so can't go wrong. Yeah, with that. yeah, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Rollo. Um, you were on, you were on Tecmo Bowl, right? So you know how to that you know. Oh today, yeah. You know how Madden players. Tecmo Bowl. You know how players today they go crazy over their Madden ratings. You were really playing that game. Did you guys play? Did you guys actually play the game, or and then? You know, no, you know, I didn't even know about it until I came home one season and a couple little kids at my mom's house, they walk up to me. They're like, oh, you suck at Tecmo Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, you know, what are you talking about? You know, like, yeah, you suck at Tecmo Bowl. I was like, yeah, at least I'm on it, you know. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, you know, I heard about it, but to be honest, I've never even seen it. Um, I'm not really too caught up into my own self, I guess. Um, go ahead, Paul. You know, David, uh, who's somebody in the NFL when you were playing? That surprised you with their strains? Like, who's one of the toughest people to take down? Was it uh, Christian Akoya, or you have any good stories about that? Well, Christian knocked me out. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that's that story. <laughs> knocked you out when well, you were trying to tackle him? Or? Well, we had a game plan. The game plan against Christian, you have to have him going east and west. You know, he goes north and south, you're in trouble. Okay, we got him going east and west. And who do I see flash past me, my inside linebacker? I'm like, oh, no, he's going to cut back. Christian cut back. I dove in. 
I caught my head on one of those legs and it was lights out. Um, but, you know, he wasn't, you know, there were some like, you know, Herschel Walker, you mm. know, was tough. A surprising person was James Brooks. Um, mm. so James Brooks was like hitting a cement wall. Um, and there are only a couple, couple guys I've ever run into that, that have had that type of, you know, body composure. Um, but yeah, he was just, I was like, what, you know, you little guy, you know, it's like in the brick wall. Um, Jackie Slater, um, was a hell of a football player. Uh, Anthony Munoz. Uh, his arms were so long I never even touched his jersey um, <laughs> but uh, yeah there are a lot of good players out there so I, I wanted to ask you I'm, I'm looking back at the division during your time period when you played you had the Oilers, the Bengals and the Steelers so as a Cleveland Brown what would you say to you guys in the locker room was the biggest rivalry. We, we know what the fans think, but what, what did the players think at that time? Oh, Pittsburgh, without Pittsburgh. a doubt. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, Pittsburgh, because, I mean, you knew it was going to be a, a very hard-nosed game. Um, they were going to run the ball. You know, they are going to grind it out. You know, it's just one of those games you know it's going to be tough. Um, you know, and then you throw in Cincinnati and it's like, okay, you're at a ma magic show, you know, <laughs> and, um, uh, what was the head coach? Sam uh, Weish. Sam Weish. Yeah. All, yeah. all type of trick plays, you know, um, but definitely Pittsburgh, um, was a definitely going to be a physical, physical, physical game. Um, which Brian, was all good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, finish us out tonight. All right. Well, you know, sadly, he passed away about a year ago, but um, your coach in Cleveland, Marty Schottenheimer, uh, can you tell us what it was like to play for him? Probably one of the best coaches I've ever had. Well, I would say he is. Um, Marty, take no crap. We worked extremely hard, um, but Marty was extremely fair. He was very honest. He didn't BS plays. You know, he didn't BS players. He didn't play games. You know, he told you what you had to do to improve. And if you did those things, he would play you. Um, but his honesty, um, his work ethic, um, and his ability to keep everybody calm because we never panicked in a fourth quarter, you know, which amazed me, you know, we were down, you know, one game, I think 42 to, you know, something and, you know, nobody's panicking at all. And that was from Marty. Um, and it was a shame to see him go, you know, even, you know, with the Chargers, you know, he goes 14 and two and he gets fired. You know, it's like, you know, my God. <laughs> yeah, that was but, so um, no, I um, really enjoyed playing.
playing for Marty, uh, Dave Adolph, uh, Bill Cower. Um, Bill was a great coach. Um, we had a really good coaching staff, uh, you know, so we were lucky. It's just, you know, we had a lot of changes in Cleveland, you know, with our head coaches because, geez, you know, Marty was there two years, two or three years, and they brought in uh, Bud Carson, which was a hoot. <laughs> Bud was crazy. And then they uh, fired Bud midseason, and Jim Schaffner was there. So in four years, I had three coaches. So. Wow. Well, we want to thank David Grayson Jr. for joining us tonight. David, we appreciate you coming on. No, it's my pleasure. Uh, you guys call me anytime. Love to be on. Awesome. Well, remind everybody, hit that like and subscribe button on whatever you're listening on. Keep watching. we got lots more football shows coming in the future. Everyone have a great night. We'll see you next time. All right. You guys have a great time. Have a great weekend. You too. Hey, Dave. Nice to be clear. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you it, too. buddy.